0: we live in a fast-paced and hectic world where it's easy to feel overwhelmed stressed and out of control how do you manage all the competing pressures without losing sense of yourself how do you stay focused enough to not only plot a path but follow it welcome to master your life a show that offers inspiration insight and intelligence as well as success stories from many walks of life that can show you how you can control your own destiny Our knowledgeable and entertaining host and her guests give practical advice that you can use every day in the quest to master your life. Now, here's your host, Leah Mattinson.
1: Hi, everyone, and welcome to today's show. I'm so excited to have all of you joining us today from wherever it is you are on this beautiful, wonderful planet that we are all inhabiting. I am very excited to introduce my guest for today, Steve Scholl. Steve, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: So I'm excited to have Steve on the show because he is doing wonderful things in the world. And I think we're really looking to leadership um, all over the planet for how are they contributing back and how are they making this planet a better place to live. And so Steve is an, exemplar, an exemplary human being doing this behind the scenes um, with his work in a business called Community Shield. So, Steve, I'm going to let you explain what is Community Shield what are you guys up to in the world? Welcome to the okay. state.
0: Okay, uh, thank you. Happy to. So uh, when COVID first came to light, we're all concerned, the entire population of the world, uh, my business partner and I were looking at, for things, to, we, things we could do to help. Um, so we started investigating many, many different things. We ended up creating a new company called Community Shield. And from an overall standpoint, we deal in telemedicine. We deal with, uh, you know, some biocides and some lights that do kill COVID, uh, part of the mitigation plan, the overall mitigation plan. Telemedicine deals with testing, uh, home testing. And then we also deal with some therapeutics uh, and nutraceuticals that we found pretty interesting as it dealt with COVID and a myriad of other things uh, regarding health.
1: So you guys have been around for quite a while. Prior to COVID, you were producing um, things to make the world a better place, and then when COVID hit, well, there was a rapid escalation in the uh, the stuff that you were bringing forth to the world. Is that kind of how it went?
0: <laughs> exactly. You know, we've been in business over 20 years, mm-hmm. and uh, I can say, you know, quite honestly, when COVID hit, it got our attention. It got everybody's attention, right? I mean, this was like, I mean, I remember literally closing down the office at noon right after lunch because of the news reports and you've got to close down and get out of there. I mean, it was a very, as we all live through, a very uh, sobering and, and uh, surreal event to live through and, you know, kind of feeling helpless, but then understanding that, you know, if all of us do something, then, um, you know, a lot of great things could happen. So that's kind of how the the seed uh, was planted.
1: Yeah. And so, with your prior history, you brought mm-hmm. of the the nineteen years prior to COVID, you brought that all forward into this new manifestation of, uh, you know, really being able to look at how can you take all that knowledge and wisdom and expertise and translate it into usable products for today's consumer who's really looking for um, dealing with fear, anxiety, and of course, the real world virus which they you know we've had viruses forever and people have not responded to them in the way that they mm-hmm. did um with this one so i agree with you it's been a wake-up call to the world but here we are 12 months later uh, or, or 13 months later in some cases and people are still grappling maybe even more so now than ever with this really big fear about um being sick uh, can you speak to that
0: steve yes you know um, no no one's immune to the fear um What we did is, you know, try to channel that fear um, by using our existing contacts, um, doing research, um, making some investments in things that look interesting and promising, kind of a multi-pronged approach just based on our experience. And and I would say the primary focus or the the most successful focus was that of our, our contact base. You know, people we've done business with before uh, know in, in different fields, in medical and in, in uh, you know, chemical and, um, you know, communications and, and all these things that we started to put together to really try to help. Um, and then, um, you know, it takes it takes all of us to do it, all of us to contribute. And uh, again, that was that was the only thing that we felt that was at our fingertips that we could start to. Um, uh generate some progress using all of those things put together. So it wasn't instantaneous. You know, I would say that, you know, first real progress was, you know, April, May uh, last year, which took a month or two to get ramped up and understand, you know, who has it? What is it doing? You know, we started in the testing area, understanding all the tests. What did they mean? Uh, Should we test? Should we not? Um, And then it kind of grew out of that testing environment spreading all the way down to the vaccine that we now have today.
1: And so in your um, engagement of your community, that's what it sounds like you were doing mm-hmm. is pulling and drawing upon the community that you already had in existence for this 20 years plus, uh, and, and uh, trying to meet the needs of people uh, in real time as they developed on the ground, one of the things I thought when we were talking prior to this podcast is that you have a really special set of skills around dealing with fear <laughs> because you and <laughs> your you and your life have had some circumstances that could have created um, fear, uh, but that you actually handle fear sort of a different way. And so I'd love it if you'd share a story about maybe some Um, situations where you've actually you know been in fairly fearful situations because what I think is interesting is that you maybe found the virus kind of a fearful thing but the circumstances that you've actually you know faced and challenges you faced in your prior life doing some of your eventful things um, would certainly not you know I wouldn't have gone wow Steve in this role as animal tamer would now be afraid of the virus and I think a lot of people can relate to that so (laughs) you know maybe you can talk about that.
0: Well, you know, initially, you know, um, I have an extremely, uh, keen interest in reptiles and primarily venomous reptiles, uh, that certainly extends to other animals. Um, and when dealing with venomous reptiles and and basically what I was doing is I was doing working with three different pharmaceutical companies, collecting venoms, breeding snakes, um, and to see if the babies had the same attributes as the parents, as far as venom profiles. And then that was taken into, um, uh, synthesization, synthesization, hard to say, uh, so that they were synthesizing the, um, uh, the venoms. You know, it's interesting, you know, all of us know what blood thinners are like warfarin, mm-hmm. uh, you know, different things like that. Well, warfarin is basically rattlesnake venom. It mm-hmm. takes the anticoagulant properties of, um, of uh, rattlesnake venom, isolates it, you know, purifies it, puts it in the right strength. And that thins our blood a little bit. Um, many people get their coagulation factor tested when they go to the doctor. That's another form of rattlesnake venom that's used in that. And there are about 9,000 different pharmaceuticals that actually have the pure elements of venoms from uh, reptiles, insects, um, spiders, uh, etc. cetera, uh, that we all use on a daily basis. We kind of all take that for granted, but you know, those of us behind the scenes are you know, working on, uh, you know, what, what, that, what that does for the medical community. I, I work primarily on um, Alzheimer's, AIDS, uh, different blood typing and um, um, things like that, both with um, small mammals and with reptiles. And then talking about the fear factor, that's pretty interesting because, you know, I perceive people's fear of a venomous reptile. So you come across a rattlesnake or a copperhead or something, Viper on the trail. Well, people are afraid of that. I view it as I know where it is. Yeah. I mean, I'm just as afraid of it when I don't know where it is as anyone else, right? Uh, <laughs> okay, because I'm,
1: I'm picturing this Indiana yeah. Jones, you know, stuff falling well, out of the sky, Temple of Doom, yeah. and there you're walking in. And it's all, you know, gunslinger. You're cool about it. All. Yeah but yeah. no,
0: okay. <laughs> Only it's, under control conditions. Under control conditions. Now, <laughs> what what I would say, you know, and I may have a different definition of fear. I have tremendous respect mm-hmm. for yeah. what that can do to me and, right. you know, how I can mitigate it, right. you know, but, but I could translate that into, um, if someone was pointing a gun at me, I have tremendous respect for what that gun can do to me. Right. You know, so, so that could be fear. I may, I may, Define it a bit differently. but I'm very familiar with handling snakes. I've handled big cats for years in um, hostile situations. I was the guy on drug raids mm-hmm. that um, where people who had drugs um, had uh, uh, dangerous animals and/ or reptiles guarding their stash, if you will. Mm-hmm. So I would be one of the first ones in to control that animal so other agents would not get hurt and be able to control the situation so you know lots of pit bulls uh you know lions and tigers um lots of snakes uh venomous snakes um piranha which are not really bad um they kind of have a bad rep but um we'll, we'll do another show all about piranha well, but uh,
1: wonderful <laughs> in but, the amazon you know,
0: <laughs> yeah well that's even that's a little different but um <laughs> So getting control of these animals was what I did. And, you know, getting control is not capturing and getting in the back of your pickup truck. Getting control may may mean getting it into the corner, getting it into your room and shut the door. So, you know, all of those things kind of have to work together um, using the inertia and behavior of that animal or that reptile and not fight it. So that's kind of what I did. So uh, I, I understand that You know, fear, when most people see a reptile, is, um, you know, people sometimes get, you know, physically sick. Yes. uh, Just seeing it, right? It's it's a a very strong reaction. Mm -hmm. And uh, I always say that, uh, you know, that fear of reptiles, people will swear it's inborn. But, Mm -hmm. you know, humans are born with only two fears. And um, the fear of falling and the fear of loud noises. Mm -hmm. And you can prove that with a baby and they're not afraid of a snake i mean you could put a cobra not that we would but any snake with a baby and the baby's not inherently afraid of it unless it has sensed that from the parents um Mm. so it's learned um it's a cultural situation but um you know having had guns pointed at me venomous snakes being cornered by big cats so yeah i I I can see that. We can see that. So now you take COVID and, and, and put that in front of me. I mean, where is it? You know, you have the fear ingrained in you that do I want to open my window or do I not? Does it come in? Uh, What do I do when I get the mail? What about an Amazon package? You know, I mean, what is it? Where is it? How does it, how does it affect me? You know, to some extent we still all have those fears, you know, hand-washing, mask, distancing, etc., But something you can't see, feel, or touch uh, that makes you sick and can kill you is pretty fearful. I mean, to me, I'm more afraid of that unknown. And that's why I made the reference to, you know, a snake that I could be walking on and step on accidentally will hurt me just as much as it does anyone else, no matter how much I know, no matter how much experience I have. And I have this this thing I can't see, feel, or touch like everyone else in the world And then who do you go to? Because you're all in this, have the same problem. There is no safe haven. There's no anybody you can go visit, get away from. There's none of that available to us, right? So it's kind of a big trap. That's the way I feel. So yeah, I I was pretty fearful. And and that was a big motivator for me to go out. And um, number one, you know, not to sound selfish, but to protect me and my family, Uh, you know, more concerned about my family than me, But, um, you know, going through that process, you know, it was um, almost helplessness because conflicting information from around the world, not knowing what it is, you can't see it coming. um, All those things are pretty tough to deal with for all of us.
1: Mm -hmm. So there's a big psychological um, game going on. Uh, oh, yeah, just like a baby, yeah. just like the baby who doesn't know to be <laughs> fearful of a snake, you know, adults, right. have that whole, we've been so programmed to be afraid of things. I didn't actually have a lot of empathy. I've got and, I, you know, people know this, who've listened to the show mm. that my empathy has not been very high about the entire thing until I started really understanding how much how scared people are. And the reason my empathy has been low is because I've been dealing with my own mysterious <laughs> could happen at any time, you know, illness. So <laughs> when I got that, when I got my diagnosis for Huntington's, It's exactly the same thing. It's like, you can't see, you can't see what's coming. You don't necessarily know what the symptoms are going to look like. You don't know who else in your family is going to be affected. You don't know how they're going to be affected. You, you don't know whether it's long-term or short-term. You're not sure how the symptoms are going to look. So a lot of it was very parallel. Mm -hmm. And I remember 11 years or 12 years ago when I got that um, state of the union that, that uh, basically, I was alone and I didn't have anyone to talk Mm -hmm. about it. So, so that was kind of a gift in a way, because I really had to rely on myself to um, be well and to navigate through things. So what I think has been a huge difference is that everyone is in the same boat, um, but they're not, you Mm -hmm. know, in the same ocean, but they're not necessarily in the same boat. So this whole way that we manage fear um, is one thing. And then also how we manage our immunity is another thing. So whether that's terrain theory or it's you know whatever the whatever the latest thing is that people are purporting, um, you can really talk each other into and out of feeling really great or really yeah. feeling awful. So absolutely, yeah. So that's been a very um, it's been sad to watch. And so my empathy, I think, has increased exponentially over the last you know five or six months because I'm really understanding and remembering how I felt you know, 12 years ago, and going, man, that's how everybody feels, is they really do feel like they're, this thing could happen at any time to them, um, that they're concerned that they're going to lose loved ones, and that uh, they can't see it coming. And that's probably mm-hmm. the most horrible thing. It's like watching a, you know, a horror movie. <laughs> you're just like, you can hear the music, dun, dun, yeah, dun,
0: yeah. dun, dun. <laughs>
1: it's
0: like, absolutely you're looking behind you, trying Except to figure out don't- Except we're not we did not we can't see the radioactive mud coming down the street to get us right.
1: <laughs> exactly right, exactly right. But and so to that one of the I guess parallels in my mind has been uh, that what I focused in on really a lot was being well as well as I mm. could, which was this just very different um, aspect to dealing with a really critical diagnose really critical. Uh, diagnosis and uh what i think is cool is that people are now looking at how do i be well which Mm -hmm. is a different way of looking at their health you know so up until 2020 nobody was really looking at not very many people were looking at that they weren't choosing Mm -hmm. to have a lifestyle where they would be building immunity and um uh, helping their family to build really strong immunity as well. Mm-hmm. So you guys made this beautiful shift of going, okay, well, how do I actually take this very serious thing and take it seriously? And I love the word that you use is like become respectful of it. It's like how do I respect mm-hmm. this thing and understand yes. how to deal with it? So, so what were the things that you've done? What have been your insights? Like, why is your? What's your why today? Would you say?
0: Well, um, you know going in, it it all culminates in immunity for mm. based on what I um, have understood and it's important to note you know I'm I don't really know how to define this but I'm not a health guy you know <laughs> I mean I I'm not you know I mean I don't do stupid things I mean I don't I might have a couple beers a year I mean I'm not crazy about it but uh, you know I mean I don't I don't do stupid things but I'm not you know hyper focused on health and eat this kind of food and that kind of food and these vitamins, you know, I'm just kind of going along like a normal guy and not, it's not a real focus for me. And so um, to me, the the things I learned were, were startling Mm. and were um, life-changing for me. And, you know, again, I'm not that guy. So, but maybe I am now, I don't know. (laughs) What were some uh, of the
1: startling things? What were, because I love that. It's like, I think a lot of people can resonate with that. It's like, yeah, I wasn't really paying much attention, just going along. What were the startling
0: things? Well, well, startling things are, you know, some very simple things that dramatically affect our body. And Mm -hmm. then what I started to find out in my research is that almost everything, and that's a huge statement, and it's 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 a subjective statement from my perspective it all kind of goes back to your immune system Hmm. and your and what you eat and inflammation and immune system. And, you know, we have this inflammation and, you know, people think of inflammation as, you know, a cut being infected or you have a sore tooth or all that stuff. Right. But then you can have inflammation. You don't even know about going on in your body. This this low grade thing that's just kind of wearing on it. I kind of view it as background noise. When you're trying to talk on the phone or you're trying to concentrate, there's this constant irritation going on and your body's constantly, you know, over there kind of dealing with that, but it leaves it less resources to go deal with something else. So, you know, you only have so many resources to to uh, deal with things that come in. I mean, basically my perspective is and, and uh, uh, Chris Meiser, my business partner, basically said it during this process very well. He says, well, Basically, you have these millions of microbes trying to jump in there and kill you. I mean, every second of every day. And then there's your immune system. And that's basically it. So and if you think of that and what's really out there, I mean, if if people could see the invisible, Mm -hmm. um, it's pretty scary stuff. But yet we live in it fine. And we have this miracle called the immune system. So I, I learned what that did, what kinds of foods, what kinds of things affect it uh, was, was, was a whole new world and kind of startling for me. It really still is. And, and you made a good point just a minute ago, which is with COVID, you know, we can't even go to the doctor I mean, you can't go to the hospital. You, you couldn't, so you, you have no, I felt you have no choice. You, you do have to take care of yourself. Like many people have been doing for years. It's like, oh my gosh, I don't get to just go to the doctor and say, fix it. You know, give me a, give me a, um, antibiotic or you know you know take care of this or take care of that and we're good you know like you take your car to the mechanic now you have to start really taking responsibility and i've seen a cultural shift a major cultural shift and i can only speak of the united states but i expect it's probably worldwide in that you know the paradigm has shifted everybody's now understanding that doctors government um all those things that we used to depend on that gave us health security Mm -hmm. is now really up to us you know and 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 just the things that you know the hand washing which we were supposed to have been doing anyway uh and just general sanitation um that basically you know when 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 inside plumbing became a um commonplace a few hundred years ago it transformed the health of the world yes Mm -hmm. you know just that one thing so now Mm -hmm. i see another Additional transformation of let's use it more. Right. And so that's kind of what I see. And and I see a personal responsibility in everyone. um, Um now, now taking note and acting upon it. That's what I see.
1: Yeah. Uh, and I think that was a big shock for me too when they when the thing first started, and I was like, they're running ads for hand washing. And I'm thinking, who doesn't wash their hands? <laughs> what? <laughs> Did you do it enough, though? <laughs> but, right, and right. So there's me and then my cousins who are out working, you know, whatever job, working at pharmacies, et cetera, going, oh, my gosh, people come in here and they sneeze on me. It's like we've got to, you mm-hmm. know, and I'm and I'm in horror going, are you kidding me that people don't actually have that just basic ethical um, respect for themselves and other people? But really, it has been a return uh, to the ethics maybe of, you know, mm-hmm. how we treat each other as human beings and ourselves, like our own, our own bodies, you know? And so that's, yes. yeah, becoming sensible uh, and sanity returning about that. We can't just run to somebody else and have a solution uh, to all of our problems. So it has been a growing up and, and, and embracing of these, mm-hmm. uh, you know, our ability to be well. So one of the things we talk, uh, I talk often about on this podcast is the difference between health and wellness. And that, you know, a lot of people think that they get health from an external source versus that wellness comes from inside. And that when you're only ever looking at your body from a biomechanical perspective, which is what allopathic medicine does, is that it looks like, oh, you got this hurt. We'll come in here and we'll give you something to mask that symptom. But now is like that, this really cool opportunity to create wellness from within yourself and that, you know, you have people are starting to understand that they're not just their sore elbow or their headache, but that the things that cause it, they can actually at a root level um, deal with, uh, which is yes. huge insight. You know, when you got mm-hmm. m- millions and millions of people who are, you know, type two diabetics, you've got, uh, you know, millions and millions of people dealing with suicide ideation, um, you know, levels of suicide are up 300% in Canada. Um, kids going in to eating disordered clinics is up 98%. Mm -hmm. and I'm sure like to your points, I'm pretty certain that that would be parallel worldwide in developed countries, that there's these huge increases in, um, people struggling with mental health issues. And so, uh, it's a beautiful divine time for people to look at what are the tools that I can actually put in my toolbox in 2021 and moving forward to actually recapture my health. So, uh, and, and that wellness being the perspective is, is how do I actually create this well system that's working um, perfectly for me from the inside out. So I bet you have some insights from the past year that you
0: have learned. <laughs> Can you sure. share
1: those? Yeah.
0: Well, you know, the, the first thing I wanted to do was take away and, and or control the fear hmm. of the unknown. So, yeah. um, you know, and, and now, now we're kind of talking about the wellness. So, you know, the, the, the path I took, the things I did, um, may, you know, have helped, you know, a lot of that stuff is subjective to the individual and, you know, whether it helped as much as I thought it did or not, I sure felt better about it. Right. Right. Cause I did it like, you know, I took vitamin D and zinc and some airborne and it's like, you know. I'm doing something about that was kind of the start. Right. Right. Um, And I'm doing something about it. So, you know, you read on, on the internet, which is, you know, of course, the uh, undisputable authority of truth. Right. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) You you read on the internet. Oh, if you take vitamin D three, you have a 71% chance less of this. Oh, take zinc. And you have a 42%. I was like 850,000% guaranteed. I was never going to get COVID. Right. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. Because <laughs> I took it all and it probably canceled each other. I have, I mean, there's no science behind it. I just, I just was, you know, you know, probably treating my fear as much or more as I was treating my physical body just to do something. I mean, had to do something to deal with this. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, that led me to, um, you know, some other, um, uh, uh, I guess you'd call them nutraceuticals that, you know, are geared to deal with the, the um, immunity and the inflammation and um you know that that whole process has just been those those were things i could feel you know those were things that made a difference in me that are non covid related because you know i never did catch covid so i can stand here and absolutely say hey it worked <laughs> because <Right. laughs> um, you don't know right but um um so you know none of my family did um so um you know, that, that's certainly a blessing. And, um, but then when you can physically feel differences in a week or two, and when you take some things and, you know, concentration, joint pain, sleeping, all of those things, um, you know, that makes a big difference because I was having trouble sleeping. I was worried about COVID, you know, and then, you know, partially because, you know, I felt it working on other parts of my body. This feels good. Um, You know, digestion, all these things that were, you know, you know, just there, but they weren't horrible. Uh, just kind of aging pains, if you will, just kind of all went away. So COVID's done you a favor then? Absolutely. I, you know, maybe, maybe, and I don't want to be disrespectful because, you know, m- many people have suffered huge losses. Yes. But maybe it, maybe it has in that it can prepare us better for another pandemic or the next one, because, you know, they do occur. Um, you know, and and maybe help prevent it. Um, And that's really part of the next step. In the next stage, we see COVID hopefully diminishing somewhat. We're not really sure yet. But then, you know, what can we do is to incorporate things in our lifestyle that protect us and our fellow human being. Um, So, you know, we don't get it. We don't infect others and kind of help everybody get to a, a better level. Not that it's a cure, but it's a a way to mitigate it that makes it more tolerable, if if it's at all possible. Mm -hmm.
1: And I love that. um, It's like people, if people just think a little bit about their own history prior to COVID, in the world, there was the flu in the world, there was the measles in the world, like all of these viruses and stuff track all over the world. And, Mm -hmm. you know, everyone has been, for the most part, subjected to something. And you either upgrade or you don't or you you know so you either upgrade mm-hmm. your body or you leave the planet and that's not a new story as of 2020 we we know that people who are immunocompromised or you know that that they've got some health problems that they're not the ones that necessarily make it through those um, times but I also laugh because you know people will go well, you know, my dad died at 83, and he had COVID. And I go, well, what else did he have? And so they'll list all the things. And I said, do you realize that we're actually here in a mortal body, right? That somehow we've lost the plot just a little bit on that we're in a carcass that actually does have an expiry date. And so while we can do these wonderful things to be well and to optimal do, you know, to operate optimally, like having great memory, good joints, you know, feeling having great sleep, making love to somebody that we really care about and feeling like we want to do that because we have the energy to do that. Those things are all the, the most divine part of the human experience. But we also know that it does have an end date. And so a lot of the fear, uh, I was, I would just say to my friends, well, you know, we're going out at some point, right? Like, you do remember mm-hmm. that this is our experience <laughs> here in this human body. So I think a lot of people have become very, very afraid of death and dying for some odd reason and you know it kind of lose the the sanity factor about that it it happens and that Mm -hmm. one of the sad parts though really around the whole last year was that taking being with people when they were making their transition was not part of you know the landscape at least in lots of parts of Canada like you could not be with the people that you love um, as they were transitioning so um, hopefully we gain some insight about that in the next short uh, you know order of time and we're able to kind of come back to our human senses about that.
0: Yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But in the meantime, let's do what we can to be as well as we possibly can and, and encourage other people to do the same. I love that you um, recognize that you're just kind of regular guy and that you could do some things to influence yourself uh, by taking lots of things that you didn't really know how that combination would work out. But you yep. actually have this uh, you, you guys have developed a nutraceutical Um, in the background, you know, over the past number of years that actually has become applicable to what the landscape we're facing right now. And that's why I particularly want to do to have you on the show, um, because I haven't promoted any uh, supplements of any kind. And the show's been on for seven years. And the reason being is that I didn't find anything that was super credible. So <laughs> I just went, mm-hmm. I can't put my name behind that. And, and uh, But when I was investigating and researching what you guys are putting forward, I thought like people need to have ways of being well that's easy. Um, one of the things when I got my diagnosis 10, 12 years ago, as I started doing a ketogenic diet, like I researched like a mad woman to you know, get myself healthy. Most people don't have the time and they don't have the impetus and they don't have the actual ingredients to be able to do Mm -hmm. that. It's very, very difficult to put together a milligram of this and a spit of that and a shot of this. And, you know, I look like a witch but I'm not one. So it's like, I'm not back in my, I'm not back in my cauldron, making some, you know, making some brew up. I just, I'm not doing that. So I thought, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but that's, you know, the old healers, healers would do that. They'd be making these beautiful concoctions from the herbs in the forest and from what was, you know, available um, in nature. And so again, when I came upon what your product is, I went, or products, I went, wow, this is really um, incredible. So I just love it. If you could share some of your, I know that you don't want to talk about the science too much necessarily, but just about what mm-hmm. your products can help um, people to do and
0: to achieve. Sure. Sure. And I think a good lead into this is that um, over the last couple of years, we, we were exposed prior to COVID to um, you know, some, some cancer um, mm. um, treatments and, you know, it's, Standard of care now includes some elements of immunotherapy. So standards of care, regular hospitals, you know, the Cleveland clinics, Mayo clinics, et cetera, Mm -hmm. they're starting to incorporate immunotherapies in their cancers treatments because they now realize that, you know, um, uh, cancer in one, same type of cancer is not the same in two different people. It's how our immune system deals with it and how our biology interacts with it so everything is very individualized Mm. in treatment so we i understood that transition and thought that was very interesting um so then um um we we got involved with uh therapeutic solutions and uh, i did a tremendous amount of research on um, therapeutic solutions and their product quadrimune because um it was it was like overload because Mm. almost everything I was hearing was exactly what I wanted to hear. You know, it's it's a it was a focus on dealing with the issues that I was I was focused on too, which you know really everyone is. So um, you know it's very simple. It's made from natural compounds, you know, vegetables, fruits, different things. I mean and, and you know people say oh you need to eat your broccoli. Well you know there that's not just the wives tale. There there's real science in there. And then As you, I'm sure, well know, and we've not discussed this, but, you know, 150 years ago, that's how people were treated, Mm -hmm. you know, by what, you know, all these things that people put together. You made a joke about the witch thing, but, you know, there is science behind that um, process. So, and then, you know, there's many, many um, pharmaceuticals since I was in the production and, and in the snake venom side, I also learned about how many plants today are That we used to use 150 years ago to cure a headache, and they take that same white oak bark, and that's part of what's in aspirin, and they sell it to us. So you know, there's a lot of herbal things in the pharmaceuticals we take today that we're not cognitively aware of. It's not advertised, but you know, that's that all was brought forward by the pharmaceutical industry. So you know, I I start to look at um, you know Quadramune. I I talked to uh, the inventor of it, Tim Dixon. Um, and he's a very, um, very dynamic individual, knows a lot of science and, and, uh, you know, really uh, is based on solid things. So, you know, again, I'm just the guy, you know, you, I've seen supplements and nutraceuticals and this miracle pill will make you lose weight. Uh, You know, you know, run a marathon, you just have to take one a day and the third day you're, you're invincible, right? You can stop a bullet. So um, having been through that my whole life, you know, I'm like, okay, let's see. So then I do research and I'm, I can look now, I look on the FDA website and I look at clinical studies where, you know, real physical things, physiological things are happening in people's blood that's being measured. You know, this is not now anecdotal. This is real science. Mm -hmm. And, you know, these, these clin- clinical trials are run on the FDA website. That's pretty important. I know that. I'm familiar with that, you know, generally. And that's high levels of credibility. So then I look at uh, the patents they filed, numerous patents. You know, I, I believe quadrimune initially started with, um, uh, you know, with uh, uh, concussion, nerve damage, you know, brain function, things like that. But they expanded it out into, you know, Paths in your brains being exp- in your brain being expanded um, you know some some level of uh, interference with some kinds of cancers i mean they they have like 10 or 12 patents uh, that they're that that they filed after clinical trials showed them significant results so me i'm not a scientist but you know i've been around it as we discussed and and these are important things to me and you know kind of shows proof so i'm like i i I think i i should try it so i tried it i was a little apprehensive it's like am i going to pass out you know am i going to be you know jittery you know what's going to happen to me so i just picked a day that i didn't have much going on because i really was apprehensive about you know Mm -hmm. taking a pill and um you know i it, it did nothing i felt nothing and so but after about a week and it wasn't a big change but you know like I said, you know, normal aches and pains, I noticed, you know, I am I used to wake up, you know, three, four times a night, and now I wake up once, maybe twice, you know, it's like, well, that's kind of interesting, because this is a 20 or 30 year pattern that I'm just used to, I feel fine, but that it's just the way it is, turn over, go back to sleep, it's like, wow, I remember last time I looked at the clock was two, and now it's six, it's time to get up. Am I, really, I? don't want to. Am I supposed to get up? I should wake up two more times before I get up. <laughs> so it was a little bit odd, right? I felt felt almost cheated, although I was rested. Um, and then just gen, general pain, um, you know, gone. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was not. I mean, I'm not talking about I have a bad knee or a torn ACL or anything like that. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, not severe injury, but just kind of general aches and pains. And then, um, you know, things like concentration. I notice, uh, although you know, I'm not, uh, I'm certainly not, um, impaired, but you know, I'm, I have a better memory. I'm, I can go through paperwork faster, easier, you know, just things like that. I noticed about myself and I do generally and have my whole life pay attention to my body and pay attention to my mind and kind of understand what's going on. I'm very, very aware of that. And again, all of this is anecdotal and only applied to me, right. but, um, when I take the combination of, uh, the the clinical research, the trials, talking to Tim, who is very, very educated on how the body reacts to these substances and how he isolates them. Uh, I've been to their facility, amazing attention to detail, as you would hope and expect Mm -hmm. um, in the process. And um, uh, the patents, I mean, to me, um, you know, I feel like uh, I'm well protected, and you know one of their patents is addressing parts of COVID, um, and that's really the the one I started with that said, "Oh, COVID, I'm taking it." <laughs> yeah. In. But sure. in, yeah, I did my research, but um, as I did on even vitamin D and magnesium and mm-hmm. and D three and all those things that we've heard of that mitigates COVID, and uh, so you know with all that added together. Um, it's really been a change for me and and really the first time i've ever bought into mm-hmm. this kind of a process for my health you know the and when i say this kind of a process the realization that inflammation and the immune system pretty much control everything that you know is important to us in our bodies our mind um our body and and all those functions it's an amazing um an amazing Uh, uh, connection, um, you know, between your gut health, your immune system, and how that really controls everything that's trying to attack your body. And, you know, we've always known cancer cells are in your body. I mean, they're there ready to go, your immune system kills them. So it all kind of goes back to the immune system and inflammation. So now making that stronger, to me, only makes common sense. It's just a common sense thing. You know, it's no really no different than that. It's, it's not emotional. It's just, it makes so much sense.
1: Right? Yeah, I love that. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it is common sense returning to sanity. Um, But I do want to ask you a question about emotion. Because often Mm -hmm. when our brain function isn't that hot, or we've got problems with inflammation in the body, it can show up as a lack of emotional control, um, or a inability to kind of emotionally respond to things appropriately. Do you have anything to say about that from your own experience? Did you find any changes in your um emotive state?
0: I did. I felt I felt that, you know, even when I started taking it, I still felt a little bit of a panic every day. Mm. Um because, you know, you're there's a barrage of information whether it's on your phone, um On TV, on the news, other people talking, you know, there's all this information. Everybody's scared, and you're scared, scared, scared. And then, um, you know, the reaction to that is um, I felt, um, I guess I felt like I had too much coffee for those who who drink coffee. I was just kind of
1: Mm -hmm. tense,
0: a little bit on edge, you know, a little bit snippy. So, so, so one would say in a polite sense. Um, and then, um, that's, that's gone away. You know, I feel very calm. I, I feel protected and and I'm talking about from an emotional and psychological standpoint. Now, you know, one could argue, do I feel protected because I think it's good stuff and I think it works or like the placebo effect, right. Or whether it really works. Now I'm here to tell you, um, it really makes no difference to me because from an emotional standpoint, I feel so much better that that's not really relevant to me. The process and the results I feel physically make me feel more confident emotionally as we relate to the COVID threat, if that if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, it makes total sense. I appreciate your vulnerability uh, because I do think that that is a very common um you know, report from people is that they have felt very vulnerable, not quite sure what to do. And it's almost like, that trying to get your foundation or footing underneath you again. And how do you actually do that? So everyone's Mm going to have different ways of doing that. A lot of people, it's been a struggle because they have gone and defaulted to their old behaviors, you know, so whether that's drinking more pharmacy, you know, uh, porn gambling from home, because you it's like all of the things that the government has put in front of us as, or, and as the table that has been laid before us to be able to, you know, meet that emotional need or the anxiety to quell anxiety. anxiety all of those Mm -hmm. old triggers and the ways of responding to them have been right in front of us this whole time because that's what you've been able to access on the internet and so you know Mm -hmm. you turn on your tv hey not feeling that good that's okay just say spend five hundred dollars on the next gambling thing (laughs) or whatever Uh right and so it's this very wise it's the wisdom of going wow i am vulnerable here And I don't want to repeat the old behavior that I had, whatever that thing is, I want to actually take this opportunity to get real, a real foundation that's healthy underneath of me in order to propel my life forward in a way that is respectful of this um, body that I've been given and this mind that I've been given. What I think is incredible is when people do that, they have so much more energy to be uh, do the things that they really love to do, you know, like engage with people, uh, in better mm-hmm. conversations, fall more in love with their partner, far, fall more in love with their families, like do things with their families because, and, and be with their families because they have the emotional energy and the physical energy to do it. And they're feeling more certain. So instead of also adding to that fear thing and going, Oh guys, I don't know for sure if we're going to make it through today, you instead say, you know what? I feel pretty good. Mm -hmm. i'm feeling pretty good i think that i i feel pretty confident about how things are going and do i have all the answers no but honestly i didn't have all the answers yesterday when i thought i had all the answers before covid hit i was just under this illusion that i did um but Mm -hmm. yeah so it's a fun it's a fun little game that we play with ourselves uh but i will speak to the to the quadramen because i i decided i would take it also and uh so in 30 days, cause, and I stay in very good shape. I mean, I've been, I've been taking care of my health very diligently for well over a decade. Uh, but one of the things that I noticed, and for those of you who actually haven't had a chance to see my interview with Tim Dixon, make sure you go and find that, uh, because Tim and I talk about it a little bit more in depth, but one of the things that the quadrumune does is it scrubs your um, gut biome. And so that, and then it cleans up your brain biome. And so the scrubbing of the gut biome means that you're actually going to have potentially some physical, um, getting rid of the toxins in your body. And that I definitely have noticed, um, like improved connection between my emotions and my thoughts, better sleep. Um, and I wouldn't say joint stuff because I, again, I don't really have joint thing, but the sleep thing has definitely changed and I feel lighter in my body. And I don't know if I've actually lost any weight. I'm not sure if I had to lose any weight, but that I definitely feel like my digestive process is much, much better, like a thousand times better. Uh, Mm -hmm. so that's been great really, really, uh, and especially coming out of winter here in Canada. Uh, I don't know if anyone else found that winter was a challenge, but, you know, emotionally, mentally, physically, uh, when you're locked inside and it's freezing outside, <laughs> you know, you're not running outside to run off the last thing you just ate. So the quadrimune uh, has definitely helped. Um, yeah. So it's been, it's been a very, very good experience. Uh, we've only got a couple minutes left, Steve. Do you want to speak to anything else that you have for insights or things you want to encourage people to think about as they go forward into 20, into the last part of 2021?
0: I think, you know, um, related to this subject, uh, I encourage everybody to, you know, do research, understand, um, you know, the real things that can help us, Mm -hmm. uh, both mind and body. Uh, And I I think the most important thing, um, and this again is from my perspective, is how do we get control of our psychological health and perspective? And, you know, I don't have this problem, but uh, my daughter does and and know many people. You Mm -hmm. know, just think people had to stay home and sacrifice their jobs to school their kids, which is completely different than what we're used to, not having the kids there. Um, you know, everybody's close together, and there's a lot of different psychological triggers that I think get magnified. So anything we can do to research, understand, and, um, you know, start to mitigate that process, you know, without, without you know, performing the addiction, as you said, Mm-hmm. um that that helps it get better um is really what i'd like to leave people with you know i did the research it probably you know now that we've talked about it and kind of quantified it i bet you could do it in half an hour you know look up the patents on quadrimune, look up the uh, clinical trials on quadrimune there's tons of information out there about it uh, it's been out for several years uh this is not you know new um But um, it's now very appropriate and it it does help us through what we're um, dealing with now. You know, I'm not saying it cures anything, but it's a help. And we need all the little pieces of armor and all the little pieces of help we can get. And it's up to us to do it for ourselves. And that's both physically and emotionally as we um, hopefully recover from COVID and then learn things that help us, you know, uh, mitigate troubling things or pandemics coming up in the future.
1: Yeah, exactly. Well put, well put. And you, anyone can find uh, products on the masteryourlife.ca website. I'd love to have you back if you're game for another conversation.
0: Would love to. Absolutely. Okay. Wonderful. Very enjoyable.
1: Perfect. Thank you everybody for tuning in today. Um, share, share, share. Remember, that other people are struggling right now. And so if you can help them um, by sharing this good message with them, then you've done something maybe to affect not only them in their life, but the other people that they truly care for. Uh, I invite you all to love yourselves, love each other, mind your mind. That's all for us. Bye for now.
0: Thank you for being a part of our program today. Master Your Life is a presentation of Leah Mattinson Enterprises, Inc. Join us next time on Master Your Life, helping you to discover the very best of you.